And good evening and welcome to another edition of... Oh, oh, bloody hell! First try as well. What a what an impersonation we've got. We're, we're spoiled tonight. Joining myself, Tom Bailey, is uh, Mr. Paul Thorpe. How are we, Paul? Good evening, everyone. It's lovely to be here again. And with that impersonation, I'll definitely be on Britain's Got Talent next year. So uh, all get ready for it. We can't wait. We'll be, we'll be watching with eager intent. And uh, also joining us tonight is Mr. Rick Hyatt. Rick, good evening. Good evening to the new Mike Yarwood. I look Absolutely. forward to seeing what else he's going to do on this, uh, this, this, this Britain's Got Talent thing, Thorpe. This is going to be legendary. Well, if I get some hair, I could even do you. Hey. Hey, we can't, we can't say things like that. <laughs> and uh, joining us from the wind tunnel tonight is Mr. Gav Cheatham. Good evening, Gav. Good evening, Tom. We got there again. Bear with us with Gav. The uh, the connection is a little bit choppy, but we'll we'll make the best of it's either a bad Gav situation. Or it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, it, it, someone's replaced him. Someone has clearly taken his spot. As well, I said, it's the Dalek. Me and Gav will be at Eastbourne. It will be a well playing at Priory Lane. Myself and Gav will uh, be there for that one. Rick, I actually can't remember. I oh, know it was Storpy. It was Storpy that was uh, at the previous game. In September, that baking hot affair. Um, I mean, Mr. Pryor was there as well, Thorpey. What do you see sort of happening here this weekend with Yeovil on the uh, on their travels and uh, Eastbourne currently where they are, twenty first place? Yeah, um, listen. That for me, uh, I think I've, we've said off air before uh, about this game. For me, it's a must win. You know, I don't think that the old town need to get back on the winning run. As simple as that. They're top of the league. They need to keep that pressure on. This is a massive, massive time through the Christmas period, you know, and uh, they really need to show intent to the league that they really do mean business in winning this league. And um, it, I think it all really now starts with with uh, absolute three points um, against Eastbourne. You know, they 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 let in goals. They're a minus twelve, you know, goal difference. They are um, say currently sitting say twenty first, and we mustn't lose track that we, we went away and lost at Welling. You know, we cannot have the same um, situation as that. We need to go away. And our way, we're going to be well supported up at Eastbourne. We need to go there, show the fans what we really mean and be have a really good attacking display. And um, basically, whatever it takes, get those three points on the board. Yeah, and it, a lot of people have said that winning ugly can be can certainly be a way around it and as much as we don't like to do that it we saw that at bath and it was effective rick do you think um eastbourne could pose any threat they they did win their last game away to welling but before that they hadn't won since uh i believe it was the middle of october so it's been a bit of a barren run for them um do you see them sort of posing any threat particularly considering the away performance they had against us in september they can't do really can they any pressure that yeovil are under will be from themselves, there's a the pressure. You've got Thorpey giving them all sorts of pressure. Look at that. You can't go in and play your relaxing football and free-flowing football when you've got Thorpey telling you it's a must-win game. But it is. Well, it, I, I think that just mentality-wise, I think it must yeah. be a must-win game. You, you get these situations where, you know, um, I, I think what's been lacking a little bit in our last couple of performances is that high press. Yeah. Because what happens there on midfield, I mean, our midfield drops back. You know, we spoke about it last night, didn't we? The midfield drops back. You know, the, the defence drops back. And then that gives these, maybe, you know, the lower teams more confidence to play football. And that's not what we want. 
We want to be under pressure, making mistakes, winning the ball higher up the pitch, and really, you know, getting it wide and whipping the crosses in and our forwards getting in there and scoring goals. And I think that the, that's the type of energy type of game that, that I want to I want to see on Saturday, really. And I, I think that if that listen as a footballer player, you always play under pressure. If you can't play under pressure, or you, it gets to you, then you're going to either have a bad game or you know or, or, or make a mistake. We've got to be positive, you know, and, and that that high press. That's not. I'm not putting pressure on them. What I'm asking for is high intensity, high pressing, win the ball, show intent, and you should want to, as a footballer, you should want to, you should want to do that. Well, it's the sort of pressure that you want, isn't it? Really, you want pressure Absolutely. to maintain a position at the top of the league rather than the pressure of relegation, which uh, which we've had for the last few seasons. So it is a different sort of pressure, and you, and you're right, you don't want to give. Eastbourne a sniff of it really don't sit back no. let them into the game dominate them from early early doors get a goal early on then boss the game for the rest of the 90 minutes and then it'll be a, a comparatively comfortable match but the longer it goes on at nil-nil particularly with the you know Yeovil have been dropping points just lately with a lot of draws in there now the, the longer it stays at nil-nil against a team in the in the bottom four then the more that that pressure will Will come, but that's a natural pressure of being in that situation in the match anyway, regardless of the uh, the longer term uh, looking at the, looking at the league. So it's it's going to be it's like um, the Bath game. It's one of those games that you get out of it with the three points, and you say at the end of the season, "Thank you very much." It's not a memorable match, but we needed those three points, and you've got the three points, and hopefully it's part of a a title winning total. So, Thorpe, what what do you reckon? The uh, the score could be. We'll get some predictions out of you because we've got a fair bit to cover tonight. Oh, if we go out and be positive, we might take us a little bit of a while to get used to the, the plastic pitch, you know. But we we should be getting used to that by now. Um, I I am going to go for a three one, hopefully a four one, but I'm going to go for three one uh, to Yeovil Town. It's gone big, gone big and confident. Yeah, Rick, well, I think that, I think Mark needs to get a message across to the guys and. Um, you know, and I, and I think he needs an attacking option. Uh, I'd like to see Dorsey back in there, uh, the energy in there, and um, you know, and our, our midfield. You know, maybe go, maybe even go a little bit of a three-five and really pack the midfield and get our wing backs going. And um, that's exactly what I'd be doing. And um, yeah, and really try and put them on the back foot and uh, see if we can nick nick an early goal in the first half, maybe a couple in the second half. Rick, would you um, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think that's what we need to do. But I'm not going as big as Thorpey, mind you. Not for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think I think you're able to do it. But I think it'd be two nil. I think they get the job done. But it's still it's artificial pitch, isn't it? And the run that they've been on, I, I think they come away from there with a two nil win and be quite happy with that. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think we need to score first. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially if it's going to be two nil, we definitely need to score first. Absolutely, if it, yeah, we all score, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I think that if we, if we don't, if we if we allow one to get in and they start putting tempo behind yeah. the ball, I think this could be a really tricky game, and that's not what we want. So that's why that's why I think a very aggressive sort of stance on on this game is is, is required. Thomas Bailey, oh, I'm going to go big commentator's chair. What are you going to think? Oh, I don't want to give it commentator's curse, but I think I'm going to go. I was going to say another draw, but the fact we've had two, I don't think we'll get another one. So I'm going to say a 1-0 Yeovil. I think it's going to be really tight. Uh, tighter than we want it to be. But I think yeah. it's going yeah. to be a 1-0. We'll just get there, get a job done and get out. 
and uh, we would ask Gav, but Gav's had to pop off, so I'll make his prediction for him. He's going to say a 9-0 Yeovil. So, well done, Gav. Yeah. <laughs> so nice, nice and confident from him. That is a nice bit of confidence, you know, that is good. Positive. Positivity is key. One thing that's not positive, or at least in my eyes, before we move on to the weekend predictions, there is some news that's come out today about the European Super League. Um, it's it's too big to not cover, to be honest. Obviously, us three are fans of teams that would probably be involved in this as well. There have been plenty of statements as well coming out from loads of teams across Europe saying that they don't agree with the Super League. Um, a lot of them changing their stances. Manchester United, one of the big ones, and Manchester City as well coming out and, and disagreeing with this. Atletico, I believe, were the first to come out and uh, and make their point. Rick, do you think it's perhaps a good sign that the clubs are coming out and, and making their stand? Or, or do you see this as just a, a ploy to still make money somehow elsewhere? Well, they're in it to make money, aren't they? Let's be honest. But I think that the fact that uh, we don't want it to get down go as far down the road as the last the last attempt to do this maybe it's, a, it's probably a thing about trying to nip it in the bud as early as possible because it's been adjudicated hasn't it that it was illegal not to be able for, for them to be able to set up a breakaway league just think it's a horrible Americanized model that we don't need in the European game so the longer it stays away the better and you would hope certainly from the English club's point of view that the reaction to it last time they tried to set it up would be a warning of what would happen again if they tried to do it again. So I, I, I can't see that they get an awful lot of backing from the uh, from the English clubs. And it's, it's still primarily Barcelona and Real Madrid that are driving this, isn't it? Yeah, it seems like it. We've not had statements from them as of yet. And in fact, Atletico Madrid took a shot at Real Madrid saying that all of Spain, except for Real Madrid and Barcelona, um, stood against the Super League, which... Yeah. Um, was was certainly interesting. I interpreted that initially as we'll play, but not on their terms. So I, again, I don't know about what will happen with that one. Thorpe, I did see another headline, and I'm not sure if this one is actually true or not. But following the backlash from the Super League as well with the the new format as well, I saw yeah. a, a headline saying that UEFA may well just revert to the current format for next that. year. I saw that. Yeah, I, whether it's true or not, we don't know. But there's rumours that perhaps UEFA will have been convinced that the current round-robin system is the best way to go for something like the Champions League. I, I assume you would agree with, with the current format over the, the proposed one. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, what, listen, it works. It's exciting. Um, why would you want to change it? You know, there's talk about the European Court of Justice ruled by UEFA and FIFA and the act that they acted unlawfully by blocking the rebel tournament. Why would you want to change something? Listen, if it's going to pro- if it's going to progress and make something better, but what, I don't see that. They're now saying that the the uh, the clubs that will be left out will be the English clubs. Why could? How can you have a a mass tournament? You know, without the best clubs in the world, you, you're not going to. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be. It's, you know, it's not going to get. You know, it's not going to have any continuity as far as I'm concerned. We'll have no and, credibility, um, will it? No, no credibility at all. Like you know, and um, but but ultimately, you we've got the um, the football league are going to be making um, some judgments soon through uh, through the, the government to set for our um, clubs not be able to, to join them, and they must stay in the Premier League. 
this then brings up a whole new legal battles if they want to join these super leagues. I just think that they're killing, they're killing the beautiful game. You know, these are people who are not interested in what football's about, but only interested in lining their pockets. And that's not what football's about. Football is a working class game and should remain that, that way. And make it exciting. Do you know what? One thing the Premier League global product has actually proved is that we have the most marketable, exciting football league in the world. You know, it's marketed right across there. We also have the best knockout competition in the world. Honestly, we don't need them. No, but that's we the whole point, not. Thorpe. That's why, that's why there's an appetite for it, because they feel le- the rest of Europe feels left out because the Premier League is in itself, because of the money in it, sort of like a Super League anyway? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. So stop trying to change the English game into a five-a-side game on an 11-a-side pitch. Keep that, that. Keep the excitement there. Keep the speed there. This is... We, we have we've shown, undoubtedly, that we've brought Continental, the best players in the world, generally, to our game, right? And they've shown immense skill at the pace of the Premiership. And since, to be fair, since Sky has actually taken it on and the money's been in our game, it it's just worked hugely well. And now we've got uh, a product that is just un, unprecedented across the world. So if they want that, stop all the cheating... Stop all the cheating that goes on in continental football and then try and create what we've got. Tell you what, it'll take them 20, 30 years to do that. But because ours has evolved like it it has, it's just the most exciting thing you could ever want. We don't always have exciting games. Of course we don't, you know. Sometimes they can be a little bit dull. You know, like like the Manchester United Liverpool. How did I know last, you were going yeah. there? Last well, weekend springs to mind. Yeah, last yeah, weekend was the dullest weekend ever. The two games I Listen, saw. Nobody saw the seven 0 coming, and nobody saw the scoreboard coming. It's just two totally different. But that's the beauty of the Premiership. I mean, you can also get the likes of the lower teams beating the top sides. You know, Luton didn't get far away. You know, from from a big win against Manchester United, say for instance. And then Manchester United came out with a, an extremely good goal, you know, to win it in, in injury time. Those things, that doesn't happen abroad. It doesn't happen. It's happening a little bit more, but it doesn't happen so much as, as it does in our game. And those late wins, the Fergie time and all like that. and the, or, or the Aguero situation or, you know, it just it doesn't happen. When when we play in Europe, like it's happened, you know, a very famous final, you know, we were 3-0 down. A lot of continental clubs would have folded. They we, they folded. The British clubs, and it just happened to be Liverpool. Those have got the passion, and desire to work those back in and, and and win those games in spectacular style, you know. And um, I just I just think that we've got a product that is is just better than anything else. And I think they want a little slice of the of our action. And they, you know, I, You've let me down when you said a, a magnificent comeback. That's the English way. I was, I, my mind was taken to Barcelona in '99 <laughs> and a proper comeback. 
Oh, One that took three uh, minutes, let, not a whole let, half. Let, come on now, come on now. You cannot ever be. We were out of it. We were down. There was people leaving the stadium, going home. I was having know, a party. Oh, you were having a party. That had to be flipping stops, you know, you know, when we got a third one in there. Do you know what I mean? It's just the, it's the comebacks of all comebacks. And I think most people will agree with that. Most. Do we, here, before we move on, I've just got one question for you guys. If the Super League was to come to fruition and teams like Liverpool and Manchester United were to enter the Super League and were to be booted from the Premier League, so... The big six, or the would rich they, seven, or, or are they proposing it like last time where it runs alongside? I think they're at the moment they're proposing it as alongside, but the FA made it, made it very clear that if this were to happen, they would be removed from the league. Yeah, in this scenario, yeah. if we were to be playing in the Super League and we were to be removed from the Premier League to play in this Super League, so you're exclusively playing Super League games now, you're not even playing in the FA Cup, League Cup, yeah. because you're not allowed to play in the FA. Would, would it make you reconsider your views as a fan of your club? Do you think it would it would cause you to stop supporting your club, or would you simply follow them for those fourteen games a season? We'll start with we'll start with oh who do we start? We'll start with Thorpey. I think we'll get an interesting answer out of Rick. Well, we'll get both. Oh dear me, yeah, I'd probably still watch them because I just love football. Like, but uh, you know, there's something here that says something live European Super League live A two twos breakaway format won't include Premier League clubs. After ban claim, uh, I don't know. Uh, would, would I watch it? Uh, you, you know, I probably would, but I'd like to think I wouldn't. But I probably would just because I'm a football geek. And um, and Rick, I never had Thorpey down as a geek. That's the revelation <laughs> of the evening. That's that's the thing that surprised me more than anything. Your many my things, wife, Thorpey. My wife has other names for me. I can imagine, but your your many things. Her. But I would I wouldn't imagine you down as a geek. <laughs> I think uh, as far as your club goes, uh, if you do support one, unless you're a regular matchgoer, I think you'd, it, you'd just become an armchair fan, wouldn't you, really? You'd have an interest in it. But my passion, I think, would probably would probably transfer more to, to, to watching Yeovil and, and something that's more accessible because morally, a Super League is a great, big, smelly, horrible thing that we don't want. And it's so manufactured. That's it's like Thorpe was saying before about the Premier League. The, the reason that it is so successful is you can have when the games come along that are great games. It's because you've almost earned them because you've gone through the dull games and you've done whatever. Whereas uh, the Super League is just trying to artificially make every game a spectacle, and there has to be jeopardy in it. And so no, I would yeah, I, my, my interest would be diluted. Tom, I think is a, is a safest, fairest way of putting that. I think I'd be exactly the same as well. It, it's it's not what Liverpool as a club stand for. It's also if we were to end up in this in this Super League, instead of it being Liverpool's football club, it's just the football club in Liverpool because you're not yeah. actually playing in England anymore. You're playing all over the world, which is exciting on paper, but it's it's not how football should be. Um, I think my interest, I'd be following like Rick said from a distance, and I'd want them to win, but I wouldn't be sat there and thinking. I can't wait to 
go to Anfield and, and watch this or, or even purchasing stuff like merchandise anymore. I don't think I'd want to. I would be focusing, like Rick said as well, more on Yeovil because yeah. it's football. It's actual football. But fingers crossed, this all dies down and we can just pretend it never happened. And with that, we will move on nicely to the actual Premier League and the weekend fixtures that are coming. Um, we start with, well, tonight's fixture. There's a Thursday night fixture. Obviously, oh, this yeah. is coming out. I believe it's coming out on Thursday. We're recording on a Thursday at least. Eight o'clock. It's a massive one, guys. It's the M23 Derby. Crystal Palace versus Brighton. Anyone watching it? I don't know. Thorpe, we'll start with you. Palace on a bit of a barren run in terms of wins. However, in their last game, of course, getting a a credible 2-2 draw away to Abu Dhabi. And uh, Brighton losing 2-0 away to Arsenal. How do you see this one going tonight with, with Brighton on paper looking the stronger of the two sides? Yeah, I, I'm being so surprised at Brighton. I, I thought they would have um, been a lot better this year. And they started well. Both they, both these teams started well. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I actually think it might be something like a 2-2 draw because I think they're both letting in goals. They've both got the ability to score and be exciting. So I think it's going to be a well-contested... Listen, it's a it's a bit of a strange derby, but it is a derby now because of what happened in the past. But um, And they proper hate each other, don't they? But... You know, for me, I, I I think this could be like a, a you know a, a quite a high scoring uh, draw. If if anybody's going to take take control of it, um, Palace need to. But I think Brighton have got the the better ability in 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 their passing game. I think he's just all around a better structure, um, structured football club. So it might be a Brighton slight you know, edge in it or a high scoring draw. You've gone early with a Dave Pryor special there. Desmond. You have. <laughs> Ray, would you agree? Are we, are we going double Desmond? Ooh. Um, do you know, I haven't really thought about it. I think... <sighs> we put you on the spot. I you? know. Who'd have thought, coming on a prediction show, that you'd ask me what I thought the <laughs> score would be in a game? It's t- completely taking me by surprise. Well, I just didn't think you'd ask a question like that. No. I was expecting something completely different. I think <laughs> that... I think Roy... We'll have a little bit of joy. And uh, I go, no, I don't go as big as Thorpey. Again, poor man's poor Thorpe. I'm going to go half a Thorpey and say that I think it'll be a one all. Does that make sense? Half a, half we got there in Thorpey. the end? Half a Thorpey. <laughs> half a Desi. Half a Desmond. Just Des. What do I think? I, I think uh, I think it's going to be 3 2 Brighton. I think there's going to be goals. Mm. Um, and I think. Palace just have too many injuries. They've lost Decore. They've lost, I think, Eze's still out. I think they're going to struggle. Sam Johnson out as well. So I think it's just going to be a bit too much for Palace to cope with. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Cooper found himself at Crystal Palace, as I wrongly predicted. Uh-huh. Cooper would not Whoa. be going anywhere. And then the next day he was booted. I think it would be a great call for them. But um, yeah, that would be interesting one. a discussion for a different time. So I'm going to say 3-2 Brighton. And I'm also hoping that because I want Pedro to get goals for my fantasy, which I've completely forgotten to change. I've got it's a Hill Pryor prediction, if you want it. Yeah, he cannot be bothered to be on tonight, but he has gone to the trouble of sending me his predictions. And Dave Pryor has gone Palace 1, Brighton and Hove Albion 2. 2-1. Two, big. We'll be badgering him about this. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Because Crystal Palace, you know, he came back and saved them from relegation, and he, he's a fantastic manager, and yeah. he's a bit of an icon, isn't he, in, in, in football ranks? 
but it, the, the, the squad is just not big enough and just got no depth of, of um, the quality of play and what is required at this level. And they are really struggling this year because he really got he's got some exciting young talent at Crystal Palace, and I think that club will lose a lot of their really good players, and, and I think they are going to struggle because people see what they can produce, and um, I think their scouts are going to be really hunting around Crystal Palace for quite some time. They've got some amazing players there, and uh, you know, and uh, he's been a big part of bringing those players through as well. Like so. Um, well done to him, but I actually do think you know that's a good fit, Steve. Uh, that 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 club. Yeah, and uh, I think well, that's the only Thursday one. We'll move on to the Friday one uh, next, and with Friday comes another prediction. We have got uh, Aston Villa hosting bottom of the table Sheffield United. Now, on paper, this looks like a very easy one, but Sheffield United have shown signs of life recently. I say that they lost at the weekend to Chelsea. But uh, with Villa as well, winning away from home against Brentford. Um, Rick, how do you see Villa coping? Well, I say coping at home. In theory, it should be a Villa win. Would would you say that's the sentiment? This should, but to all intents and purposes, looks like it should be a very convincing Villa win. But uh, Chris Wilder's got uh, got started to get a bit of a tune out of Sheffield United. But I still think you've got to fancy Villa, particularly with their home form being what it is, and now they're being considered by a lot of people genuine, certainly top four contenders, if not a little bit cheeky bit more than that. So I'm going to go. I've I'm 3-0 home win. Thorpe, are you going, is it basically a case of higher or lower? Uh, it is 2 or 3-0 for me. Uh, He's going to go yeah, higher, isn't he? Thorpe, he loves the high no, one. Go on, no, Thorpe. No, 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 no. Yeah, 6-0. Yeah. <laughs> 14-0. I think if they get demoralised in the first half, it could be it could be high. But uh, like you say, Chris Wilder's got working hard. They do press as, as much as they possibly can. But I just think that's the really got something special going this season. And um, they, I think they're unbeaten at home as well, aren't they? I think they're the only team to be unbeaten this season at home. So uh, for me, it's a, a two or three nil. Possibly could be a little bit more than um, that. But I, I see this because they're playing some amazing football. Um, striker is is on form. Midfield's working really, really hard, and I think the quality of player that they've got is far superior than Sheffield United. So it, for me, it, this is, um, you know, to me, this is as much as a stone wall as you can get this this uh, um, for this round of games. Go on then, put a number on it, Thorpe. You chicken. What I said, two or three nil. Yeah, but that's two guesses, isn't it? Come on, you only get one. Okay, I'll go along with you. It's three nil. Ooh. Freddie McTombley is going higher. I'm saying 4 0. I see it. I don't know why. I've just got a feeling of double of double from Watkins. DRB will continue to cause bedlam. And I mean, the fact, again, they've still got Louise and McGinn in the middle, Leon Bailey, all that quality. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough afternoon. Well, tough night for um, Sheffield United. Yeah. So a clean sweep there. We don't even think Sheffield United will score a goal. So, um, Hilda. That's that one sorted. Hilda, oh, yeah, sorry, Hilda. 4 0. He's gone big. He wants goals, goals, goals. <laughs> goals, 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 goals. He's going to be flamboyant. <laughs> Little show off. He'll be, he'll be more flamboyant because he's not here. He won't, yeah. he won't face the flak when he says 6 0 to Luton or something next. Yeah. Luton aren't next, though. It is the 12 30 kickoff. Surprisingly, no Liverpool for this one. Um, nice of them to give them a break. 
from the 12.30 slot. It is on Saturday, the 23rd of December, the lunchtime kickoff. West Ham United versus Manchester United in the Jesse Lingard derby. Um, I think we'll start with Thorpey on this one. West Ham coming to this (laughs) one off the back of their midweek defeat to Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. Um, However, in the Premier League, they did handily deal with uh, Wolves. Of course, Liverpool hammering West Ham United uh, midweek. Sorry, no, I'm looking at the wrong side of the fixtures. Man United, their last fixture was their draw at the weekend, which we won't talk about against Liverpool. How do you see this one going? Could it be a bit of a bore draw being the lunchtime kickoff? Rick's not going to like me at all. I honestly think West Ham have got a chance here. I really do. At home, lunchtime game. Man United are doing okay at the moment, to be fair. But I just think that West Ham, you know, uh, they added battering, didn't they? That they've got, you know, and and I think that they 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 could just man, you know, just catch them at the wrong time. And uh, I'm I'm going to go, I'm going to go one nil, one nil West Ham. I know he's not going to like me. I know he's not going to like me. But I have backed his team in the past. But I Shock am on going the for a, a little bit of an upset on on this one because because they've lost heavily. I think. I think they're going to really try and have a good go at Man United. And um, and I think they could get the result. 1-0 West Ham. Thorpey, it would take much, much more than a really stupid prediction from you to stop me liking you. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Everyone loves each other here at Three Valleys. Yeah. There's a lot of Christmas love coming in. There it is. Equally. <laughs> That's a rubbish yeah, but... prediction, but I still like you. We've uh, <laughs> We say it's a bold one as well, but... The last time these two met each other in the league, it did finish. West Ham United won, Manchester United nil. So maybe Thorpe is onto something there. Rick, what are your thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> the trouble is, I sort of find myself agreeing with Thorpe, but then ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not going to back against against my team. It's funny because when, when you put Man United in this situation, they're going to they're get beat up. They sometimes come out with a really decent performance and they've done that in the past. Yeah. You know, I just, um, but there are, but the, the reason why you think that West Ham have got a chance because of the flaws that they've had in their armoury already, isn't they, this season? Where you think they're going to win, you're going to go for the Man United win and then they go and blow up, blow up again. And I, and I just think that after West Ham getting absolutely mullered by some unknown flipping like uh, uh you know uh Liverpool inside I, I just think that you know it's a it's, it's a chance that they could catch West Ham at the wrong end of a a little bit of a backlash Thorpey I'm going off you stop talking <laughs> I'm really going off sorry you. about that I do have a, a habit of rambling I do apologize I'm going to agree with Dave Pryor and what is gone that? For one, he's gone for the one-all draw, hasn't he? 2-1 United. At Manchester oh, he? United. He's <laughs> United. Moving on. Yeah, moving on quickly. <laughs> Go on, Tom, Tom Bailey, what do you think? 2-1 United. I have said... What have I said? I have said... Uh, oh, God, where are we? Um, One-all. Boring. But I think West Ham will come back. I think... Man United will take the lead and I think West Ham will get a second half goal. Oh, gee, hell. What, what minute are they going to go in front and then what minute are they going to come back? That's what I had a prediction. It'll be nice. That's just how I'm visualising it. I've just shared my thoughts. That's all, Let's just hope that Thorpey's wrong. Fingers crossed for yeah. Rick's sake only. <laughs> yeah. Bring it Rick's sake only. Moving on from 
the uh, United derby. Um, moving on to the first of the three o'clock kickoffs. There are actually a fair few for Saturday. First one being Fulham versus Burnley in what could possibly be a contender for last of the match of the day running order. Rick, we'll stay with you. Fulham, of course, coming off the back of their midweek um, heroics against Everton in the Carabao Cup. Burnley coming off, well, their most recent game being against Everton, this time, though, on the losing end, losing 2-0 at home. Uh, how do you see this one going for uh, for Fulham, obviously coming off the back of their semi-final, well, sorry, quarter-final exploits, where they'll be facing the mighty Liverpool? Mm, indeed. I, I just think this is another step of a truly miserable Premier League campaign for Burnley. It's not going to get any better. It's going to go defeat after defeat after defeat. And uh, I've not gone as as, as bold as, as Dave Pryor, who, who's gone for uh, Fulham to maintain their tradition of 5-0 wins. But I do... Wow. Have, yeah, he's gone for a 5 niller. Mm. He is he's brave mad, when he's not he? here, isn't he? He's, he's so got, brave. When he's, he's so decisive and brave. Got baby brain, hasn't he? He's got a baby on his lap. The last thing, last picture he sent me. This is why I can't do it. Anyway, uh, for my prediction, apart from uh, predicting that Dave Pryor is probably changing a nappy as we speak, I think it's going to be three nil Fulham. Thorpe, what are your th- do you, higher or lower? No, I just think I, I do agree a little bit. Burnley are just not learning their lesson, and, he, and he's sticking to his guns of playing this. Um, Ridiculous start. Let's let's just play it to the keeper, and he plays it straight down the middle, or plays it out to wide, and they and they build from the back. And I really don't believe that type of football really. Do works you think Thorpe, Thorpe? Do you think that he's not going to change his plans because he's that secure in his position that it, he's been told it doesn't matter what happens, he's not going to get the sack. He's going to carry on. But they they've shown Dice showed that they could be that that team, uh, that Premier League team, and you know, and I couldn't really see that changing, but. Maybe you're right. Maybe he is that secure. Say, look, you know, let's try and build this. Stay in it if we can. If we can't, then we'll rebuild. But we're not going to buy any players. And yeah, maybe maybe he has been given that assurance, and um, and he's trying to do it. But I I I can only see for me, um, he's got to play well to get a draw. And I think that Fulham will beat him um, two nil. That's very conservative for you. It is conservative, but. I don't, you know, yeah, 2-0. That would be a professional performance from Fulham. I've, uh, I've agreed. 2-0 Fulham. I, yeah, I don't really see any, any way into it for Burnley. And with Osho injured as well, could be a tricky one for them. So, um, yeah, it's just going to continue to get worse for Burnley, I think. Mm. Moving on to the next fixture, the uh, underdogs, Luton Town, hosting the mighty Saudi Arabia, Newcastle United. Uh, Newcastle off the back of their penalty loss midweek to Chelsea. Meanwhile, Luton on the back of a defeat at the weekend against Abu Dhabi. Who do we start with this time? Thorpe, I think we'll stay with you. Um, Luton, well, sorry, actually, we'll start the other way around. Newcastle having an injury list the size of your arms, which are certainly not small. How, How do we see, that's a compliment, by the way, Newcastle seem to be the overwhelming favourites for this one. But do you think Luton could spring a surprise here? They've certainly got the ability to actually do this, you know, and um, and I've been really, uh, uh, really enjoyed watching Luton play. They, they play with energy. They, they seem to want to press as much as they possibly can. 
and take their style of football. And I think Rob's doing a really, really good, courageous, courage, very courageous the way he's trying to play. And yeah, there is something not quite right at Newcastle at the moment. So, but for me, I think they are going to edge it again. I think it's one of those games where Luton are going to really play really well and not get their just rewards. And I think that sort of pattern is, you know, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to go for a Luton win 2-1. And I'm going to go against what the way I'm feeling because sooner or later, I think they're going to get a result. You know, and it could just be the fact that, you know, New- Newcastle might be not quite playing as well as they possibly can at the moment. So I'm going to say that this could be an upset tomorrow. Not tomorrow, Saturday. It, it may well be. I mean, Rick, would you agree? Obviously, Trippier has been out of sorts for a while now. Anthony Gordon picked up an injury midweek as well. Rick appears to be very happy about that one. Yeah, what, what would you say? Do you think they're, they're, Would you agree with Thorpey, a shock on the cards? I, I don't see it really as a shock. I think the whole situation last week is going to have a galvanising effect on Luton. And uh, good news, Tom Lockyer has, uh, as we speak, has been discharged yeah. from hospital today, Brilliant. which is great news. But I think it's going to have a real... Uh, and the, the injuries are going to catch up on Saudi Arabia. And even the mighty Tyndall won't be able to save them. Not going quite as bold as Thorpey, again. But I I can see it being a one-all draw. And I, I think it, Luton will get something out of this. I, I think what they've been through... The, and they are playing better as the season's progressed. But I think the last yeah. week is going to have such a galvanising effect on them. That I certainly hope they get something out of this game anyway. Uh, I've actually just adjusted my prediction. I initially had a Newcastle win. However, after looking at their injury list and trying to... Have they got injuries? It. Nobody's mentioned it. Can, this is yeah. news to me. Have Newcastle got injuries? <laughs> They're the only team that have injuries. Oh, I see. Um, I Yeah, I've adjusted it. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. Luton won't quite have enough, but um, I think it could be a very interesting game. Certainly not last on match of the day, despite the low score. Is what no. I'll say. Babysitter Pryor has gone Luton 1, Saudi Arabia 3. 3, boo. So he's, he's way off the mark there. He doesn't know what he's doing, does he? <laughs> no. Com- commentary team manager. No wonder he didn't turn up. He's got predictions like that. I'd <laughs> yeah. phone him in if I was predicting that. He's got a 5-0 for Fulham. He's got a 3-1 for Newcastle. Yeah. The, uh, the next game is, well, not happening. Manchester City versus Brentford being postponed due to their uh, involvement mm. in the Club World Cup. We won't bother predicting that one because we know Manchester City are going to win. I don't even remember who they're playing. Uh, Fluminense, I know that Marcelo is playing. That's about it. So we'll move on to, well, straight on to the next game, which will be, I can't think of an interesting derby name for this one, the Nuno game, if you will. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo is in charge at Nottingham Forest. His first game is at home to Bournemouth, because Bournemouth, uh, since I gave them the kiss of death, have come from absolutely nowhere to trounce everybody in sight. Their last game was meant to finish off with their Luton fixture, but of course, the last completed fixture was that 3-0 win over Manchester United. Forest, of course, losing last weekend to Tottenham. Rick, how do you see this one going? Do you think the run continues for Iriola, or do you think the new manager bounce will be too much for Bournemouth to deal with? I certainly hope Bournemouth win this because I think that sucking Steve Cooper is a stinky decision and I hope it comes round and it 
bites them, bites Forrest on the bum, and they get drawn into a uh, a relegation battle that they didn't look like they were going to be be part of. I think Bournemouth will uh, will come out of that with a two-one win. That's what I'm going with. Not much more to add to that, Thorpe. No, would you, well, would, would you agree? The, the last five matches against you, the head-to-head has been Nottingham Forest nil wins, two draws, three wins for Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth have really rallied, haven't they? They've really sort of like uh, come to the forefront. And um, but it could be a little bit of that um, new manager syndrome where uh, Forest actually sooner or later will get that win. So I am actually, and I tell you, I've got. Got to say, I feel feel for, for uh, the last manager because I think he's done a magnificent job there, and you've got that looming owner from I know the crooked man from Olympiakos who buys all the referees over there, and uh, and um, yeah, it, it, uh, for me, I think sooner or later, Nottingham Forest is going to going to get a win, so I'm going to go one nil win for Forest. If Steve Cooper was in, but actually, to be fair, if Steve Cooper was in charge. I still wouldn't say it's a win. I think Bournemouth are just too good at the moment. Which you've changed your tune. Against. I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. I've been proven wrong. I hold my hands up. I was wrong. Bournemouth are playing very well at the moment. I've gone for a three-one Bournemouth. I just goal scoring is uh, on fire for them. Semenyo looking very good, as is Dominic Solanke. So three-one. I don't think that's going to be too much. Yeah, really good player. Daddy Daycare has gone for his first Desmond. Boris <laughs> Bournemouth, 2-2. Well, we'll move on to the final 3 o'clock kickoff. Feels like a, I don't know why, it feels like a weird one to be a 3 mm. o'clock. Maybe it's because I'm used to Spurs being on TV. It's Spurs hosting Everton. I personally think this has got the makings of an absolute goal fest. Um, Everton been on fire recently. Um, Spurs looking to put themselves back up. Two wins on the bounce now for them. I've gone for a 3-2. I'm going first. I've gone for a 3-2 to Spurs. Goals, 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 goals. And uh, I think it's going to be end-to-end. Everton will just not quite have enough, but I think they can go out of this with their heads held high. And, um, yeah, I just think they'll have too much too much quality. Son, Kulusevski up front. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tricky one for Everton to deal with. Thorpey, what are your thoughts? Well, Everton have not won in the last five games at Tottenham. I can only see Tottenham win on this one. And... Uh... I, I think it could be a two or th- uh, again two or three um, nil. I think that uh, I think they'll just be too strong at home for them uh, with the, with his attacking style, which he's not relinquishing, is he? So for me, it's a, it's a stonewaller. I'm backing my brother and my nephew's side. Tottenham win two or three nil. Make your mind up. Stop saying two scores. You get one go, Thorpe. Come on. Three nil. Three nil. Okay. Goals, goals, goals. Goals, goals. Goal fest. Dave Hilda Pryor has gone gone for Tottingham Hotspurs 2, Everton 1. But I think he's wrong. I'm going to go for my... Is it my first Desmond? I mean, anyway, I think it's going to be a Desmond. I think Daichi's gone playing well. I can see that Spurs at home will score. They have been scoring an awful lot of goals at home. But uh, I I think Everton have got something about them at the moment. They've got a bit of fight about them. So... uh, yeah, I think they'll get something out of this. I think it'll be a two-all draw. Two-all draw. With that, we move on from one Merseyside club to another. The 5.30 kickoff, televised fixture. I think it could be a cracker. It is Liverpool hosting Arsenal. Always a goal fest, this one. And uh, I personally am I'm actually looking forward to it. Even if 
well, I'm not saying if we lost, I'd be happy, but it's going to be a good game regardless. There'll be good football played. Rick, we'll stay with you. We'll get you done because you won't want to talk about this. And I'll be nice to you. I'll <laughs> have mercy gives on you me. that impression? <laughs> Liverpool coming off the back of their win midweek against West Ham, their last league fixture, that uh, miserable 0-0 at home to United. Uh, Arsenal coming off the back of their 2-0 win over Brighton. How do you see this one going? Because... There's never really a dull affair when, when Liverpool and Arsenal play each other. Personally, I think that this should have been played at 12.30 just to wind, <laughs> just to wind up Kloppo because that, that would have been interesting, give him something to moan about. And uh, I, you're I, evil. Oh, we started moaning about <laughs> Liverpool fans now. You're not make, they're not making enough noise. And... <laughs> oh, oh he's got something to moan about, that fella. Uh, and uh, I, I think that it's going to be a day... When Arteta's hair moves. No. I think it will. There'll be Such lots and lots of touchline action. These these two going at it up and down the touchline in the in the early evening. And I, I can see the arse coming out of this three one winners. That's what I'm three that's one. my prediction, yeah. Three one to the arse. Wow. I don't like well, that. the well the actual uh, the pundits have actually given a forty percent chance of Liverpool winning. 26% the draw and 34% an Arsenal win. That's not bad for an away team, mine. It's not bad for an spread. away team at all. Yeah. Gives them a big chance, doesn't it? So, oh, Kai Havertz um, hat trick, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think it's going to, again, I think it's two really, really good sides um, that both play good attacking football. And it could be a goal fest. And it'd be lovely after the Boar, Boar score, you know, draw against. Uh, the mighty Man United. The effective, uh, we have a goal fest. the effective point-winning performance. You mean yeah. exactly? Yeah. That you you know you nullified us completely, and we frust- were frustrated. But yeah, so I'm actually going to go for a really exciting three-two late one coming with a late Liverpool Mo Salah winner. You spoiled that. Very that close. was lovely till you said that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined of it. So. I'm never going to say no. <laughs> so he's going to score in the 91st minute. Oh, penalty? It is at Anfield? No. no. He's going to have one of his little curlers. Is he indeed? There's a beautiful yeah, image. Gonna, he's going to have his curlers in tomorrow. You know what I mean, Saturday. Yeah, he's going to score 3-2, Liverpool, late one, Salah. Is Tom Bailey going brave and going to predict his team to win? This goes against every fibre in his body, look. Go on. Desmond. Same as Hilda Pryor. Hilda Pryor's gone Desmond as well. Yeah, I think Arsenal are just too good for me to confidently say that we'll win. And the last time I was confident about my team, last weekend happened. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a two-all. Yeah, I think as well, there's signs again that we're all right, but we're a top-four side and that's Successive home draw, successive points dropped at home for Liverpool. I guess two very good sides. Do you, do you think that the crowd will be very loud this week? Louder than last week. That won't be difficult. will get quieter than last week. As much as we can tease Klopp for saying that fans need to make some noise, they do. Because unless it's a European night, I've not really mm. seen anything special from Liverpool fans. Even in the Toulouse game, we were quite quiet. Yeah. We only turn up for big occasions at the moment. I think we were a little bit spoiled, so... I think we need to pick it back up if we're going to get any success. Do you think that's going to be a rallying cry then? Or do you think the fans will turn against him? 
No, they'll never turn against him. Klopp is a god in Liverpool. There's no way. God, it would be like United was... fans. It, it would be like United fans turning against Ferguson. It just wouldn't. It wouldn't happen ever. That's at least that's my view anyway. But we'll move on. There is one more game for the weekend. Some lovely pre-Christmas football prediction. Christmas Eve, Wolves hosting Chelsea. I have not got myself prepared for this one, so I'm going to fill it by continuing to talk. Uh, Wolves coming off of their recent defeat away to West Ham United. Meanwhile, Chelsea midweek winning at home on penalties against Newcastle United and setting up their semi-final with Middlesbrough. Who do we go for here? I think we'll start with Rick. Rick, what would you think if I said that this doesn't look good for Wolves? I'd think that you think Chelsea are going to win. Would I be right? Are you trying to lead me down that path? Is that what you're trying to get me to say? That's that's what I think. Yeah. What do you think? I think Gary O'Neill needs some sort of a result or he's got to go on Monday Night Football again and prove to everyone what a great manager he is. So I think he'll get a point. I can see this being not Desmond. I can see it being a one-all draw. And, uh, yeah, somehow Chelsea managing, despite playing awfully, and Mudrick being the worst player in Premier League history, I can see them getting something out of it. Probably Cole Palmer, let's be honest, if it's Chelsea. But I think Wolves will take the lead. I will jump in and say that I think Mudrick is getting there. Slowly but surely. I know it's funny to say he's terrible, but he is getting there. I will continue to say he's terrible, even if he gets there. He, In my eyes... If he scores against you, what happens? If he does what? If he scores against you. Hell will freeze over and the world will end. (laughs) So it's not something (laughs) you need to concern yourself with, Thomas Bailey. (laughs) Never going to happen. Thorpey, what would would you say about this one? It's a one o'clock kickoff as well, which feels strange to me. Oh, it's the uh, Christmas Eve one, isn't it? Christmas Eve. Yeah, no one likes that. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? Because I really, I, I do quite... I quite like um, Wolves, but at the moment I just can't see them winning winning this one. So I, I don't know. I think they've got the ability to score in it though. So I think I might just go for a two-one Chelsea. But I think they've got listen. Chelsea have got got the ability for sure. But you know, this manager has got the ability to turn these sides into into nabbing big games, and this could be the opportunity for them being at home. It's it's a really good ground. Fans are really vocal. They like the manager. I think it's a good appointment for them. But, you know, at the moment, I just think that I get that feeling he's just, something's just not quite right at the moment. I think that Chelsea probably win a 2-1. I have agreed. I've said a 2-1 as well for Chelsea. Ooh. It's uh, just a... It's a hat-trick one for Wolves. Yeah, it's a trick. Oh, has is Mr. Pryor also gone for a 2-1? Yeah. One thing, one thing we haven't talked about... Uh, We've got a couple of minutes mm-hmm. left in the pod. Is uh, It's a shame Adrian's not on. He's probably round Joey Barton's house having uh, having a cup of tea and discussing this one because, of course, uh, Rebecca Welsh takes charge of Fulham yes. against Burnley. What do we think about that? Sorry? The first female referee in a Premier League game is going to happen this week. Oh, weekend. the referee. I was so confused. Like, Vincent Company's in charge. I don't know what you're on about. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's really good. It's great to have representation. There's also, oh no, I can't remember his name, a black fellow. He is in charge of one of the games this weekend as well. Sam, that's it, yeah. Um, 
I think it's great. I think it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they fare. But in terms of literally getting representation out there, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Personally, I, I'm sure Thorpe would agree. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. To, to you know, to I've seen I've seen a, a seen um, her uh, referee. I think he's a good referee. Not seen too much of uh, the, uh, the guy, but listen, he, he's out there. He, he's been put in, um, and any representation, let's get it going, um, and uh, let's bridge that gap and make sure that we have some representation from all sides. I'm all, all in favour of that. As long as they are good, as long as they are good enough. Yeah. That's, that was what I was going to say. Listen, it doesn't matter whether it's a, a woman or colour. We don't go down the colour route because I don't believe in that. They're a human being. And if they do a good job, let's get them on there. Let them, let them uh, you know, do the job they love doing. 100% that's, that's, agree that's with you, mate. 100% agree. And it's interesting, talking about getting the best officials, interesting to see that uh, Michael Oliver doesn't have a game in the Premier League. This weekend, I wonder why he's having a rest. He's, he's having, having a rest. rest. Yeah, he's busy making up more rules for his just for himself and nobody else. Idiot. Not bitter. <laughs> he's bitter and he's bitter. And he, I actually I, think he's a really good referee. Actually, I've got to say, I'm, I'm going to go. Of course, you do. Because, no, not not because of the, that game the other day. But I listen. I just think that he is a really good referee. It doesn't take any crap, and uh, even if you don't enjoy his refereeing i think that um i think that he's brought the game along sufficiently enough to have uh, you know some respect there and i think he's a really good referee listen every referee will make mistakes i'm a really good friend of paul durkin um the gherkin as i call him you know and he's had some absolute howlers and he told told me as well i have some howlers as well you, you can't you, you, listen you, you, it's a hard Hard thing to stand in the middle of this pitch and get everything right. And but I think generally he's a really good referee. But we did uh, a game, FA Cup game, earlier this season, didn't we, Tom? And Paul, yeah. Paul Durkin's son was refereeing. Got a really, really good reputation as and well. And he looks, he looks exactly like his old man running yeah. around. And I had to explain to so, Tom who Paul Durkin was. I told him he was slightly slimmer. Oh. <laughs> You're in a position to, uh, and to say that. Michael Oliver, incidentally, is he's VAR and he's spoiling the Spurs against Everton game. Oh, there we go. That's what he's up to. Well, I think we've covered everything. We've we've covered everything, including referees, which we don't tend to talk too much about on here. I say that with tongue in cheek, somewhat. With that, I think we'll wrap it up for uh, for this week. Brilliant. We will have a Christmas Eve episode. Well, we're recording Christmas Eve for you, fine people. Um, so stay tuned for that. If you can't wait until then, then we have got the commentary of uh, Eastbourne Borough versus Yeovil Town. It'll be Gav Cheatham and myself going to that one. So we'll be looking forward to bringing you coverage of that one. I think there's anything one left for me to say tonight. And that is uh, good night from myself. Good night. And thank you, Mr. Paul Thorpe, for coming on. Yeah, absolute pleasure. And have a safe journey on s- Saturday. Thank you very much. Paul Hadlow will be taking us. Of course, if you need to... Uh, make any travel for games i've forgotten his phone number but i will i'm sure he'll be about mr rick hyatt thank you for joining us as well always a pleasure uh never miss an opportunity to bash uh michael oliver but uh yeah no lovely to see you chaps and have a good one bring home three points on saturday my friend fingers crossed fingers crossed and with that it's a good night from myself tom bailey uh paul thorpe sign us off well it's uh, a pleasure having you all and uh meet us on the next time of football 
Bloody hell.